Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I am your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush um, in the state of Ohio, the greatest state in the nation in my belief. Uh, there is a heck of a lot going on that uh, certainly affects all Ohioans, whether it's specific to Ohio politics and culture or it uh, is at the federal level, all of which uh, is important to those of us in Ohio. My guest today is Mahek Cook. Uh, she is um, she is a lawyer, a political commentator, a strategist, and um, she is very involved in the state of Ohio, and she's on today to talk about some very key issues. Mahek, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about a lot of issues that are impacting Ohio, and then we'll continue to infiltrate nationwide. So I feel like all eyes are on Ohio now and really excited to get into some of these topics with you. Yeah, definitely. And we, we, we're going to talk about uh, issue one uh, that's coming up. I think that there's there can be some confusion about it. And um, I, I know that our side is doing a good job of getting the word out there. And uh, so that's important, but love to talk about that as well. I uh, want to start off with you. I am always interested in learning about my guests. And, and I presume that my listeners always want to learn and know about my guests as well. Uh, so you were born in India, and uh, obviously your, your your website is mahekcook.com. I'll actually, uh, for those watching, I'll, I'll show it on the screen. Um, and, you know, the very top, it says born in India, made in Ohio. Great combination right there. So tell me about your background and, you know, you know, when did you, you know, you were born in India. When did you come here? Tell me about your family and your upbringing. Thanks for that opportunity. So... I was born in India and moved to the United States, specifically Columbus, Ohio, when I was five with my younger brother and parents. We were very fortunate. My grandparents were in Columbus and my grandfather was, after retiring from the army, working at a local small business. My uncle had applied for dental school at Case Western. And so our entire family's like, what's America? And my dad said, well, let me just check it out. And he went with my uncle. He checked out the dental school with him for Case Western. He checked out Columbus. And it's so funny. He came back and he told my mom three things that made her move here. Vacuum cleaners, <laughs> microwaves, and garage doors. I mean, he had a sold. We packed each two suitcases, and you're only allowed $20 a person. So my father came to the United States with $80, and nobody knows this. And I shared this when I ran for office in 2020. He actually entered the state with $30 because my mother stopped at the duty-free and two perfumes later because he can't say no to her. We <laughs> entered the United States with $30. But I truly am an example of the American dream. Um, like most people in this country came here legally and then lived with 10 family members for seven years until my father was able to work three jobs and afford a home. So we were able to move out of my grandparents' home, but I am really fortunate. I had upbringing from grandparents, aunts and uncles, lived with cousins, and throughout my childhood, education was extremely important. So I had the privilege of going to the Ohio State University. I was able to graduate from IU Bloomington Law School, get my master's degree, 
and then truly work as an attorney for the governor in the state of Ohio, the Department of Agriculture, worked on counterterrorism cases. So I've had a lot of opportunity, and it truly is, in my opinion, because I'm in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It, it's such a great story, and, it, and it's inspiring, and it's the story of so many people uh, in in throughout the history of the country, right? And and it's not to minimize, you know, the the great work and sacrifice that your your parents did and you had, um, but it just tells you, you know, so many people on the left tell everybody you can't do it, you can't make it, you need government, right? You need help, and the country's racist and sexist and everything else, and they hate immigrants and right, and yet here you are, your parents had nothing. They didn't, I presume, didn't know the language, right? I'm going to guess that, we right? We were fortunate. So in India, you have to learn English because the British colonized. So we did come here with English. But I'll tell you, as somebody who was five years old, there are certain terms in the United States that we just don't have in India. For instance, I remember I got in trouble in second grade. I'll never forget it. The teacher called my mom and she said, Mahek is acting out. My mom said, what happened? And there was a picture of a robe and she said she would not write the word robe down. And my mom's like, she doesn't know what that is. We don't wear them in India. It's hot, you know? So definitely a barrier in trying to understand the culture. Um, So while English was a language I had learned, you still have to adapt, right? You still have to learn how to live the American way and to balance that with the culture that you have left behind, but you believe is so important in your upbringing to continue to foster it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, even knowing um, some English, it's, it certainly is difficult. And yet, you know, what a great testament to your, your, to you, to your family, extended family as well. And, uh, and, and I, I just love hearing those stories because, again, it's a story of my grandparents and great-grandparents and so many people, yet the left will tell everybody you can't do it. You can't make it, you know, because of this horrible country, and you're just such a great example. Uh, so, okay, so I want to get into, um, you know, so you go to law school. Tell me about what it was like working um, working for the government um, as a lawyer. Uh, what was it like for you? It was an incredible opportunity to have one year of um, a law degree under my belt. I worked at one of the biggest law firms and then got a call from the governor's office. And he had a very small team, Governor Kasich, and there were four of us. And I had the privilege of working on a $395 million contract on behalf of the state of Ohio when we were negotiating with the casinos and racinos here to pay their fair shares. So we had more money for education for our children. I was over at the Department of Agriculture. So when the dangerous wild animal incident happened, I think the governor looked at me and he's like, you look like an ag attorney. The only thing I knew about agriculture at that point was uh, animal print, which I wore frequently. But truly, it's one of the biggest businesses in the state. And to be able to work on a regulatory framework, to work with farmers, to understand one of the biggest businesses was a huge privilege. Also worked under the um, creation of Jobs Ohio and that economic development arm. So to have this major opportunity to help shape policy and the direction of Ohio with a governor that was very forward thinking at that time was just exceptional and conservative at that time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. I was, I was gonna, I was thinking about what to ask about, uh, governor Kasich and, uh, uh, I'll leave it at that uh, for right now, since we have a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, okay, so so I have a few topics. I want to though start here with the the issue one that is out there, right? So the the election, the special election is August eighth, so it's right around the corner. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about it. I've talked to people who've said to me, "What?" What, what should we how should we vote? I don't I don't understand what's going on. So if you could, you know, summarize what issue one is and, uh, you know, so that people can have an understanding. So issue one proponents of issue one, such as myself, are requiring the Constitution to be changed once 60 percent of voters agree today, the Constitution Anytime you want to amend it, it's 50% plus one voter. This constitutional amendment, if you vote yes, it would increase the Constitution to 60%. A lot of people say, why now? And my response is, why not? This is the time to do it. Special interest groups from the ACLU, Plant Parenthood, you just saw financial reports of a Swiss billionaire, which has no business in Ohio, putting over $2.5 million into our state to dilute our vote, to dilute what's happening in our constitution. This is a sacred document. Many states have a 60% or higher threshold to make changes. So what we're truly asking is whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, your vote truly matters. And instead of having 50%, which is a simple majority, vote yes. Allow 60%. That means your vote matters. That means your vote counts. Democrats today are saying this takes votes away and it increases votes for politicians. Well, last time I checked, when I go to the ballot box or a Democrat goes to the ballot box or an elected official, we all get one vote. And I want 60% of Ohioans to agree before we make that change. So it's very critical to vote yes. This impacts every single individual. This impacts parental rights, which are under attack in November. This impacts small businesses. We could have an outside group come in and increase our taxes on small businesses, and only 50% of people would have to say yes. Minimum wage, recreational marijuana, the list goes on. So vote yes so that 60% have a say in our fundamental and sacred document. Yeah, well, well said and well put. It, that makes it easy to uh, understand what people have have to understand and should understand is that it, it should not be easy necessarily. I don't know if easy is the right word, but easy to change the constitution of a state or of the U.S. You know, of the of the United of the United States. Right? For example, there's a it's not a simple majority to change the U.S. Constitution in any way. And there's a reason for that. We want to really make sure that a a lot of people agree with something before it becomes sort of permanent. And so this is really not even a partisan issue. This is an appropriate uh, measure uh, to protect the rights of of the people of Ohio. But you could always say, as you mentioned, Planned Parenthood and all these, these groups that are opposed to it oftentimes tells you what they want to do with the constitution that that's that's me saying that i don't know if you agree or disagree but that's me saying i agree i mean they were very smart these outside liberal interest groups they 
specifically targeted Ohio. We are truly the battleground. We are truly a test case for what's going to happen across America. And let me just say, Florida has similar statutes that are being attacked on the parental right front. So it's only a matter of time before our entire country is under attack. And the left is very smart. What they're saying today is we can't get through the legislature. We can't get through the governor. So let's attack the Constitution. And people are smarter today. People want to protect our gun rights. We had the mayor in Cleveland state that once we prevail on issue one and we stop 60%, then I'm going to go after gun rights next. I mean, we know what the left's agenda is. So again, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you have something to protect. That's a sacred document. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's just so, so true. Really good. So um, a couple other things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, let's start with uh, border security and immigration. Um, and, and not because you're, you're, you're an immigrant, um, but you know, maybe there's the, that perspective, I guess. Uh, we have lots and lots of problems in, in regards to the southern border. Our, our federal government is not doing its constitutional duties which are to protect and secure the border. Uh, But there's a lot of talk lately about uh, child sex trafficking. There's the movie uh, that came out by Jim, you know, that Jim Caviezel was in and drawing a lot of attention to it. So, and we're seeing that there's a lot of sex trafficking at the border. Um, So for those that, you know, who might say the United States or Trump or any any conservative is anti-immigration, how do you respond to that? Well, I can tell you as an immigrant myself, I want legal immigration. I think every individual in this country should be accounted for. And today the media is truly lying to us. I had the opportunity firsthand to travel to the border last month to the U.S.-Mexican border in McAllen, Texas. And let me tell you, it was shocking to see the lack of support. We met with the water district president. He is in charge of delivering water to residents. And he basically said, just look across the river. I mean, it was barely a stone throw away. He said, that's Mexico. Those individuals in the cartel come across the river with drugs. I have to tell my men to leave immediately so that they are not harmed. And these cartel members are continuing to traffic in drugs and individuals, and there's nothing he can do about it. He has pulled 12 dead bodies just last month out of the river. We have no custom and border patrol support because we don't have enough people. I also visited the Catholic Charities, and I'll tell you, the Catholic Charities said there were 175 different nationalities that were crossing the border. And in a three-week period last month, most of them were Chinese men. I mean, we have a crisis at the border. And the nine hours I was there touring, I saw three Custom Border Patrol vans. That's it. And when you talk to Custom Border and Patrol, they're basically saying, we don't want to babysit you at the border and, and process illegal immigrants to come into our country and then skip their court date. We are here to protect. We are here to serve the American people. We need more surveillance. We need more border security. And we need stronger policies out of Washington. And that's just not happening. So yes, there's an increase in human trafficking. Yes, there's an increase in drugs and fentanyl. And this is all under Biden's watch. 
Yeah, I I get so tired of the politics of the border because, you know, this is not a game. It's not politics. It's not, you know, who's right and who's wrong and just wanting to win for the sake of winning an argument. People are literally dying uh, at the border. And that includes the people coming here illegally, whether they're coming here willfully or against their will. It doesn't matter. They are being killed, as you mentioned you know, bodies being, you know, people drowning in the rivers and the like. This is a horrible, horrible thing. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. And it's it's just really frustrating. So, yeah, thank you for that that perspective. And I, I didn't realize that you were just at the border. So even better. Uh, a couple other things with, uh, with the little time we have left. I want to talk about what's going on right now with Donald Trump being indicted yet again over the most silliest of silly things that is imaginable. Meanwhile, we have Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the Hunt, the Biden family with evidence that they could fill this room of corruption, serious corruption that you could, you could probably even call treason, you know, with what they were doing. Um, we're seeing this every day now where innocent people, whether it's people on January 6th, you know, elderly people, people who went to the Capitol um, are being arrested, their rights taken away, Trump being indicted for having documents in his house under s- complete security. Joe Biden has boxes of, of documents in his garage, right? And nothing happens. So how, how concerned are you that, quite honestly, it feels like we're no different than Russia, China, or any other corrupt country in which the bureaucrats, the government can basically do whatever they want. You're right. We have turned into a nation pay for play. I mean, that is truly what's happening at the highest levels of our government. You have more evidence of corruption in the Biden administration. And what we are seeing as the American people is Hunter Biden is not treated like every American citizen. There's rampant political interference. And to ensure that the mainstream media and others continue to confuse the American people. They're throwing an indictment after indictment against Trump because he truly is at this point, because he was a former president, the front runner against Joe Biden in our next election. And when you look overall, our public distrust in the American justice system is at an all-time high. There's been a decade of investigation just by the FBI on the bribery of Hunter and Joe Biden from Ukrainian executives. We've heard about China, and it's about time for the FBI and DOJ to show me their work, to show the American people their work, to show us the evidence. Um, I am thankful that some parts of the justice system are working. You have a judge that refused to sign Hunter Biden's joke of a plea deal that would have exonerated him from so many areas where he has broken the law. He needs to be treated like every American citizen. And it is absolutely disgusting where our country has gone today in the name of justice and our legal system. Yeah. And we, you know, we can't forget about the fact that uh, the Trump campaign and ultimate, ultimately the, his transition team were spied upon uh, the false claims of Russia collusion that was completely and utterly made up. It never happened. And, uh, you know, this is really, really sick to me. And, yeah, I feel like we're no different than these countries that we hate. 
not hate. I don't want to use that word, but we say we, we hate Putin because he's corrupt and he's he enriches his friends. And I'm going, well, isn't that what Biden's doing right now? How is he different? <laughs> it's the same thing. OK, so um, in another area I want to talk about is uh, is the economy. The economy is awful um, in spite of what the left wants to wants to pretend they want to change the definition of a recession when when we're in a recession they say well we need to change the uh change the definition give me a break uh so where are things ohio's doing thankfully because of our leadership is doing better probably than most states Um, but what is happening at the um at, at the national level as far as the economy and where do you see things going? Well, let's be clear. And I think Americans know that Bidenomics is failing America today. Whatever Biden is trying to sell out there on his self-congratulatory tours, we're not buying. We're continuing to see Bidenomics what it truly is, which is increased government spending and anti-American. And all you have to do today is truly look at the Federal Reserve. They have pushed to try and end this crisis of higher prices by Washington Democrats, who, by the way, have pushed a $10 trillion spending agenda. And they're announcing another increase in our interest rates by 0.25%. That's just continuing to show our, show us that the core inflation in our country is higher. We're going to continue seeing higher rising prices, whether it's groceries, whether it's gas, and that's going to continue to drag down the economy. And we're seeing this in real time, right? There's no difference between what a Republican and a Democrat pays. There has been an increased cost and an increased interest rate to levels that we haven't seen. It's the highest increase in the last 22 years. And for Biden and Democrats to say, well, this $10 trillion isn't really going to impact us, we know better. For 26 months, we have seen prices skyrocket, and it's prohibiting Americans from achieving their version of the American dream. And I'm sorry to say, I don't think the future looks any better right now under this administration. The Federal Reserve has increased the interest rates by almost 11 times since March of 2022, since Biden took office, 16.6% increase in prices. The average mortgage payment is $991. That's an 84% increase from when Biden took office. So those are just some examples of where we're getting hit hard as hardworking Americans. Yeah. And, and, you know, most of us, while we may be grateful for all that we have, you know, we don't have millions and millions left over so when things start going up gas groceries you know i've looked at you know from our family's perspective say okay well what can we what can we cut back on and we really can't cut back on anything because we're only really buying the necessities and it's the necessities that are going up and up and up in price and uh and, and it's people like us, just the average people that are being screwed over by government policy make no mistake this that what is happening in in the economy is made in washington that's where it's happening um so yeah this is it's it's concerning we need to get biden out of here because uh his policies and any democrats policies right are going to continue us down this road uh so what what's your what are your plans for the future uh you obviously you, you said you mentioned you ran uh for public office in 2020 uh, you're doing some really great things. Tell us what you're doing now and what you plan to do in the future. Sure. So uh, still represent as an attorney, a lot of small businesses 
and then media commentary for Americans for Prosperity. I think that their platform is extremely important. They are pro-business, they're pro-lower taxes, unleashing energy independence, and making sure that Ohioans' voices are heard. And I think for my future, I am continuing to just speak the truth on what's happening in our country and in our state. I hope to run for office someday and serve the people in Ohio. And honestly, it comes from a place where I feel like I have a duty. I have been, uh, I've worked hard, but I've been given a lot of opportunity by wonderful people in Ohio. And I would like to do the same and give back in a meaningful way. So in addition to just always taking the opportunity to speak about what's happening in our state and to make sure that our views are balanced and fair and Ohioans know what's happening. I hope to run someday so I can serve the people of Ohio. Excellent. I, I'm certain that you will, and I'm certain that your future is uh, very, very bright, I'm sure. So uh, really, really excellent stuff. Thank you for the insight in, in all these topics that we talked about and sharing your story, your family's story and history. Uh, it was really great, and um, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank all of you for listening. You can get, uh, please go to Mahek Cook's uh, website. She has some really great stuff. If you're interested in having her uh, speak at an event or, or anything, you know, obviously a great speaker, uh, great, very inspirational, great stories and great experience. So please have her on. Go to MahekCook.com and uh, you can connect with her there. And uh, please check out all my podcasts and all the different podcast apps on YouTube, on Rumble, on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on rightamericamedia.com and on whkradio.com slash podcasts as well. So thank you again for listening and we'll see you next time. So